Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. All right, Raquel, here we are on the eve of the inauguration of a new president of the United States of America. How, How are you feeling today? I mean, like, to say... The last four years have been a trip would be like being, that'd just be really kind, I think, Mm. like overly nice, like, like not in a good way. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of weird feels about the whole thing. Like, I just kind of want to fast forward to Thursday already because I feel like tomorrow, like I was talking to somebody this morning and I was just like. I have nothing, I have no expectations for tomorrow. None. Yeah. Like, is it gonna is it gonna be super chill? Is it gonna be full of chaos? I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. And I've just decided I cannot make any expectations because then that way I just won't be surprised. I could be like, cool. We're at Thursday true. now. Yeah. Wednesday's gonna be a total wash. I can't wait for Thursday. I just can't like yeah. I'm just ready to like fucking move on. Um yeah. But anyways, we're not here to talk about uh, the new president or the old president or any of that stuff. Um, To all the listeners, uh, Raquel Velez is here with us, and she is the founder of Alpine Parrot. And she is going to be telling us all about this exciting new outdoor apparel brand. And that's why she's here. I mean, besides the fact that we're friends. So that's another reason why. Cause I just like, we just like talking to each other. So <laughs> Jillian and I enjoy speaking to each other. We're like, why not mix it up? And I'll just bring someone else on who I really like talking to. However, <laughs> let's get down to business. Raquel, tell us a little bit about you and tell us about Alpine Parrot. Yeah. Oh my God. First of all, I'm so excited to be on Juicy Bits. I've been listening for years and I freaking love this podcast. Um, so just putting that out there. Um, so yeah, hi everyone. My name is Raquel and I, um, it's funny, like I, I used to be in tech and then I decided to throw it all away to make pants. Um, and so (laughs) now I make pants, um, at a company called Alpine Parrot, which I created. Um, and Alpine Parrot's mission is to create outdoor apparel that explicitly celebrates and encourages underrepresented people 
uh, in the outdoors, particularly with a special focus on people of size and people of color. And um, this is something that's really important to me because as a woman of color who also happens to be plus size, um, I just got really, really tired of not only feeling like I didn't belong outside because I didn't see anybody who looked like me, but also being really annoyed with the like physical barriers of getting outside because there were no clothes that actually even fit me. Um, so I decided to, you know, change that myself because I just, I'm an engineer. And so I just have this tendency to be like, well, how hard can that be? Um, and so I decided to just, you know, how hard can it possibly be to, you know, start up an outdoor brand um, <laughs> for people who look like me, but don't look like anybody else? Hmm, that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can tell you the whole like origin story, like wh whatever you want to know. I'm an open book. I'm happy to share all the things. Yeah, well, in a second, I do want I do want to talk about where the name Alpine Parrot comes from, because I just think like, mm -hmm. it's all to me, it's always interesting that that sort of founder's story. But before we get into that, um, let's sort of dive in a little bit more specifically into the brand. So you're making hiking pants, right? To start. Yeah. 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 So start. right why, now, why are we starting with hiking pants? Like what's why you, you could have started with a lot of things, right? So yeah. like why? Why yeah. hiking pants um, and what is so special about your hiking pants? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so true story. I wanted to start with snow pants because I'm a skier first and foremost. Um, I go hiking when I can't go skiing. Um, so like, like my passion is in skiing. However, um, as I was building up this brand and thinking about my first product, I recognize that a skiing, the ski industry is way smaller than like the generic outdoors industry. Mm -hmm. um, but also more importantly, for a lot of people, skiing is just too, too far off the map in terms of accessibility, in terms of cost, in terms of just getting there, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas hiking, honestly, I would argue hiking is anytime that you're going out for like a walk, but mm -hmm. like with intentionality. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so you can go hiking totally. in your neighborhood. You can go hiking in the city. You can go hiking in the woods. Like you, you don't have to leave your, like, you don't have to leave your house. Like I would recommend leaving your house. Um, you don't have to, I guess you could hike around your house if you wanted to, but it has to be this intentionality of I'm going to focus on the act of being outdoors and it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Um, and then let's just also throw in the fact that like economically it's far more accessible to buy hiking pants than ski pants, you know, like, and then there's just a, a larger market. And mm -hmm. I think there are more people who want, like there are people who are already hiking outdoors and can't find clothes to wear. And then there are a bunch of people who are like, I mean, I just wear leggings when I go outside intentionally, that's not a big deal. But then when I show them the Ponderosa pants, which are the, um, the pants that I'm making, um, they, it, it blows their mind because it never occurred to them that they could have a pant that um, the fabric like stretches around their body, but it's mm -hmm. not a knit. And, and I want to be careful here, like knits are what um, mm -hmm. leggings are made out of. Um, mm -hmm. These are a stretch woven. So they're, um, they're like a, a stronger fabric. It's um, technical. It's like a little bit on is. the, on the technical side, right? 
Yeah, exactly. It it is a very technical fabric. It is, um, it's made out of nylon and elastane, which is another word for spandex. Um, and it has, it is, it's stretchy in one direction. So it goes around your body. Um, but it's not like form fitting, like a legging. It feels more Mm. like a pant. Um, but it's also quick dry. Um, and most important to me, um, it is abrasion resistant. Um, Mm. and this is important because my thighs touch and, (laughs) and, you know, like it should just be like, it it should be a non-issue that your thighs touch. And yet for so many pants that I own, uh, it's just ridiculous to see that, uh, it starts pilling in the crotch and Mm. like, you're like, I literally, like I had a pair of pants (laughs) that I wore and in one day there's pilling in the crotch. I was like, seriously? Like, yeah, when you're like, I want, me. you're like, I would love for a lot of things to be happening in my crotch right now, but pilling is yeah. not, <laughs> not, is not cute. what it's we not want cute. to have happening in our crotch. No, exactly. And then it adds to, it like leads to chafing and then it's an uncomfortable situation. And like, mm-hmm. honestly, your confidence skyrockets when you're wearing clothes that make you feel good. Like fashion, oh, I, I used to think fashion was really stupid. And then I realized actually fashion is amazing. Um, and it, it really just, it's like makeup that like Mm -hmm. for some people, it just makes you feel good on the outside, which makes you feel good on the inside. So Mm -hmm. anyway, um, so yeah, so these pants are, are just like the fabric is amazing. Um, and then on top of that, I explicitly designed it. Honestly, I designed it for myself, but Mm -hmm. I designed it for myself based off of all the things that other pants like seem to lack. So they have pockets. Every single pocket, there's five pockets. Every single pocket can fit a cell phone. Ooh. I know. I am. And that means and that means it can fit snacks too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point that out. If it can fit a cell phone, that is also five pockets for snacks, which is the first thing yes. I'm thinking about. Yes. I mean, it's just like it's hello, it's 2021 and like mm-hmm. women's pants still don't have pockets that like can fit an like a modern day cell phone. Like, what is this? Yeah. Hello, yeah. wake up. Um, and then, um, they're also like, they're a high rise pants. So like they, they they're kind of like more around the waist, but it's got a curved Mm -hmm. waistband, which means that when you bend over, there isn't like air going down your butt crack. Um, and I mean, it seems like, seems silly, but honestly, why do we put up with this shit? (laughs) I mean, we put up with so much shit because we actually think that, we, we just think that that this is as good as it's going to get, you know, like we've yeah. just been sort of fed um, all of these, these products and these narratives about like, well, this is the way it is. And sometimes it's just easier to be like, well, I guess I'll throw in the towel on this mm-hmm. one. And then when you don't have cold air rushing down your butt, you're like, oh, wow, I had no yeah. idea how good this actually could yeah. be. So no, oh it's, God, I mean, and it, and it takes like, it, it takes it takes people like you who are like, I am the human being who is having a subpar experience because an entire industry hasn't been able to sort this out. So I'll just figure it out and do it myself, which you and I have that um, founder Mm -hmm. story in common. You know, it's like how we started coalition. It's how you're starting um, Alpine parrot of just like, this can't be that hard. We'll just do it ourselves. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, and it's just so ridiculous. I mean, the other thing that, um, that these pants have is there's two fit styles, right? Mm-hmm. Because it turns out we are not all shaped the same way. I know. No. Shocker. 
Um, and so we actually have two fit styles. One is called mountain. So I want you to like think of like a mountain peak. And the idea there is that the mountain fit is for people with a smaller waist and bigger hips. Um, mm-hmm. And then the river fit for people who have like a similar waist and hip um, mm-hmm. dimensions. Um, and it's just to kind of like acknowledge that we come in different shapes and that's something to celebrate, not to like make us feel bad. Like, I think one of the most powerful things that I discovered was that um, like in my life was making the, the like conscious decision that when things didn't fit, it wasn't my fault. It was the clothes mm. fault. Right. And like so much of, of at least my life has been, you are the one at fault. If like things are going wrong, you have to fix it yourself. You have to like, like you should feel bad if this isn't working for you or whatever. And it's like, that's, no, actually, this is totally broken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a good point. I mean, even for, I mean, I feel like so much of, you know, the, the fashion and the beauty industry is based on that. Like, let us show you all the things that are wrong with you so that you buy more things, but then it's never really going to be like the right thing. So then you're going to want to buy more things. So it's certainly, certainly an issue. Um, so where, okay. Where does the name Alpine Parrot come from? Yeah. Okay. So this is this is a fun a fun story. I think. Um, so first of all, Alpine Parrot. Um, there is only one species species of Alpine Parrot in the world, um, and it is called the Kia, and it lives in the south of uh, the Southern Alps of New Zealand. Um, and I want to take a moment to just kind of uh, give credit where it's due. Um, the Alpine or the Kia is a sacred bird of Maori, who are the indigenous people of Aotearoa, which is the proper name for New Zealand. Um, and I just want to kind of give them thanks for taking care of this incredible country and land and these incredible birds. Um, so with that in mind, um, when we think of the word parrot, right, when we think of these birds, we have this stereotypical vision in our minds of this really cool, colorful bird that sings silly songs, um, lives in the tropics, uh, dances, you know, probably lives in a palm tree or something. Um, But alpine parrots live in the mountains and they play in the snow. And so it's this like kind of a cognitive dissonance a little bit there. Um, And Mm -hmm. another thing is that the exterior of the bird um, is this beautiful olive green color, but when it flies, it has, you see, it's really beautiful rainbow underwings. And like, I cannot think of a better analogy for this group of people that I'm trying to make pants for, because when we think about the stereotypical outdoorsy person, we are not thinking of people of color or people of size, but we are here. Mm -hmm. We are enjoying ourselves. And frankly, when we're in our elements, we truly and really shine. So it's mm-hmm. just like the most perfect <laughs> um, comparison, I think. Um, and then also when I like, when I thought of the name, I texted a couple of friends and I was like, hey, what do you think of the name Alpine Parrot? And they were like, I think of a parrot with ski goggles on. I was like, perfect, done, moving on. <laughs> there we go. That is, well, that's, I mean, that's such like a beautiful way of sort of framing um, who you are and, and who are the people that you are here to serve and be in, in community with. Um, because it's everything that you said is, is such an issue about, you know, what, 
why is it that we that we don't expect people who look a certain way to be outdoors yeah. and and what are all the different things that have created that culture and that that narrative and that that atmosphere um that would make someone like you not feel like the outdoors is your place like that's yeah. a huge problem in the outdoor industry um certainly as you mentioned earlier, I think probably a larger issue in, in snow sports specifically, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's such an issue and it's, we, we need, we need more of this, um, which is why I'm really grateful that you left your tech job in Silicon <laughs> Valley. Your bank account probably is pretty fucking pissed about that. But um, how did you, I'm just really curious, like how did you go from this career in tech in Silicon Valley, living in the Bay Area, and now you are, you've started your own outdoor apparel business and you live in Lake Tahoe. Like, what was that <laughs> transition like? And how many times did your husband threaten to divorce you through that time? <laughs> I mean, okay. So I should, I should, I'm gonna, I'm gonna backtrack for a second here and, and um, do a little bit of origin story here because um, okay. I grew up in New Jersey. And my parents mm -hmm. are from Puerto Rico. And I like to joke a little bit that like for my parents going like air quotes outside was literally opening up the front door and walking outside, right? Like, like my parents grew up in an area that other people fly to, to experience the outdoors. Like they had the beaches and incredible mountains and that was just their life. And so when they moved to New Jersey and had me and my sister, like this idea of going elsewhere to go outside is like not a thing. It's like a weird thing. Um, mm. And then also, um, and I think this is talking to other people um, who've had a similar experience. There's this idea of like, if you have generational poverty in your family, um, success does not look like going outside and sleeping on the ground in a tent. Mm -hmm. success looks mm -hmm. like being in a bed yep. in a home yep. that you worked your ass off to get and like food yep. on the table. And so going outside, being in the outdoors was not a thing for me. It wasn't until I was in my twenties mm -hmm. that I really discovered like, like we would go on what I'm going to call nature walks because it wasn't an intentional, we're going outside for the sake of going outside. It was, Oh, Hey, look at that. That's a really beautiful grove. Let's go walk over there. Um, and I know there's a little bit of nuance there, but it was never like, I never thought of myself as a hiker, as an outdoorsy person, as a skier. Um, and then <laughs> I discovered skiing when we first moved to California in 2013. Yeah. 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband was like, Hey, there's this cool place called Lake Tahoe. That everybody keeps talking about. Cause we lived in the Bay area. Um, I was there for tech and he was like, I'm going to go learn how to ski. And I was like, dude, your knees are really bad. And if you get hurt and you're stuck on a mountain without me, like, I don't know how I'm going to get you. Like, no, I'm going to go with you. We're going to take a lesson and like, it'll be fine. Like I'll probably hate it, but it's fine. Um, and I went out in like, you know, you, you learn things, you learn how to do things with whatever you've got. Right. So I put on sweatpants mm -hmm. under some rain pants. I had a hoodie nice. under a raincoat mm -hmm. and I had to buy goggles mm -hmm. at the store, rented all my gear. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, Mount Rose, by the way. And, um, oh, yeah. and 
And I had the most amazing, incredible experience of my fucking life. I <laughs> loved it so oh much that like, like at, at, at the end of our first lesson where we're just like pizza and French frying the whole way, um, like my husband and I were like, we got this. We're going to go up to the top of Pondo, um, which is the Pondo. <laughs> um, and we're just going to, we're going to like glide down. And it was snowing so hard that day. There was no visibility. And I just remember my husband stopped because he crashed. And he's like, hey. And I was like, I can't stop. And I'm just like flying. <laughs> and I crashed into some snow. And it was the most joyous I had felt in the outdoors literally in my entire life. Um, and I had dreams about the wind on my face for weeks after that. Um, and at that point, I was like, I'm in. I'm totally into this whole skiing thing. Um, and just, you know, the Ponderosa route um, or run, that's the origin story mm-hmm. for the Ponderosa pants. Just FYI. Nice. Um, nice. And I'm, I have to yeah. tell you, I'm really happy to hear that it was snowing because the thought of putting <laughs> sweatpants under rain gear, all I thought about was like, oh my God, she was soaked to the bone with her own sweat. That must have been so uncomfortable. But not if it was snowing, yeah. you would have been like cozy under yeah. your rain pants. Okay. So I, f- I was like, oh man, where's this story going to go? But I feel good now. Yeah. So anyway, good. so I was ready yeah. to invest and being in the tech industry, I was, I've, I have a lot of privilege and that I was making mm-hmm. good money. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm not going to buy any skis or boots or anything yet. Um, but I do need, I need to get out of this like sweatpants and raincoat situation. Cause this is not like, this is not a long-term thing. And I went and I tried to find some pants and nothing fit. And I was like, all right, this is an issue. Around the same time, I had started to learn how to sew because I hate shopping for jeans. Um, and mm. like, again, I'm an engineer. So I was like, well, how hard could it be to make my own jeans? Ha ha ha. Um, and <laughs> so I remember going to my first sewing class and we made a pillow and I was like, man, this was super easy. Um, I'm going to make jeans next. And like the teacher was just like, good luck with that. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah. Um, it took me five years before I made my own jeans. <laughs> yeah. That seems really difficult, but I really appreciate your ambition there. But I'm a very ambitious person. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like, anyway, so I'm like learning how to sew and then, um, I got to the point where I was like putting on patterns and patterns are the same issue. Like if you're buying commercial patterns, like from like Joann's or whatever, it's the same issue. You still have to figure out how to make them fit. Like, yeah, you have more control over that, but it's still really a pain. And I'm the type of person who tends to go for first principles. Um, And so I went and I was really fortunate that in the Bay area, there was a pattern making school called apparel arts. And so I went ahead and learned how to make my own patterns. And in that class in that course it was like a two-year course um there was a class on fashion design and history and part like the major assignment was to create your own brand and i created a plus size ski brand and i was just like doing it for fun and at the end the mm-hmm. teacher came up to me and she was like raquel you have to do this and i was like mm-hmm. what no i'm in tech i make a lot of money yeah. artists don't make anything <laughs> Um, especially outdoor artists, forget it. Like Uh it's fine. Um, and so like, so there was, so that was like the seed that was planted in my mind. Um, probably in, that was in December of 20, 
I'm going to say 18. Yeah. 2018. Um, 2019. That's like that's not that long ago. Oh no. That's, I, I work fast. I mean, two years ago. Yeah. That's <laughs> super fast. Yeah. Um, and so in 2019, in the spring, I was in New Zealand. I was speaking at a tech conference. Yeah. And here's the thing, if anybody hasn't been paying attention, being a woman of color in tech is um, not easy. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, and yeah. I got to the point where I was so frustrated because of just the patriarchy. Um, and I, I, I hit so many walls that I like for several years, because like once I started skiing, I went every single winter. Like you could yeah. find me on the mountain as often as possible. Um, and when we would drive home, like at the end of the weekend, I'd be in tears because I didn't want to leave the mountain. I wanted to stay at the mountain. My husband was like, yeah. we can't afford to stay at the mountain and live in the Bay Area. <laughs> so you, we have to go back. And I was like, no. Um, <laughs> we must go home. No, I don't want to. Exactly. Exactly. Legs all the way that like four hour drive home. You can't make me. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and, and then we're in New Zealand and it's just the most beautiful place. And I'm like checking out these incredible Kia and like, they're the goofiest, friendliest, smartest, most social birds I've ever encountered. And I was just like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And my husband was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. Like, like I see how miserable you are. You need to do this thing instead. And I was like, okay. And so that was in spring of 2018 or 2019. By June of 2019, mm -hmm. I had created Alpine Parrot. Like I'd, I'd formed the LLC. And then by mm -hmm. December of 2018, 19 uh I reached out to you I think it was the first time we yeah. met and I was like hey I'm gonna go to this uh is it called outdoor retailer is this like an important thing and you were like oh my god girl let me tell you and <laughs> and then by January of 2020 I was like I'm done um I will also acknowledge here that I have incredible privilege in that I won the tech lottery in that I worked at a company that went public um, and I made a lot enough money to have enough of a savings nest egg to be able to do this full time for at least a year. Um, it's looking like I can probably like, like at least a year. And, um, yeah, so yeah. So I basically was just like, cool, let's do this. And then, and then that was January. Um, I quit my job. Uh, I went to OR and met you in person for the first time. And then I was like, yeah. yeah, I quit my job. And you were like, uh, what? And I was like, yep, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm making pants. And, yeah. uh, and then the pandemic hit. And um, this has been such fun. And I, I just, I kind of, I almost wish I had started earlier, but I'm also really glad that I didn't because everything has lined up just right for me. So, yeah. That's well, it's like the, the thing is, is that now is the time that people are even willing to engage in these conversations, right? Yeah. Like I, I think back to when, like when we started Coalition Snow, women were not popular, mm -hmm. uh, 
people of color were not popular. And I'm purposefully using the word popular because mm-hmm. I do think that we trend and I think people take advantage of that trend. So I'm not being daft. I'm being really honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, I think it was really, it, you know, I, I, it was really difficult. I mean, it's still difficult, mm-hmm. right? But, um, you know, I look at the timing for you, like the industry is finally, finally starting to be ready to even have these conversations. Yeah. Um, and you probably would have been too early yeah. a handful of, of years ago because there, yeah. there wasn't like, th- there wasn't even a, a robust public discussion around inclusive sizing and what that looks like and why it's important and, and, um, and even like the entire body positivity movement wasn't even happening, which is the next thing I want to, I want to talk to you about. I know you have feelings about this, <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, your, yeah. your timing's right. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's talk about body positivity. Yeah. Um, because we've been talking a lot about people feeling good in their bodies, people mm-hmm. having the right apparel, um, and not being judged and being welcome. Like, and, and so we have all that going on. So what does the body positivity movement mean to you? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is I don't love the term body positivity. Um, and Mm -hmm. instead I'd prefer to talk about body equality. And the reason for this is because body positivity, despite being created by a fat black queer women, um, Mm -hmm. has been kind of overtaken by like a community that deserves to love their bodies, but they have kind Mm -hmm. of co-opted it and taken the focus away from the group that's originally been, it was meant for, um, into like, yeah, I feel fat today. Like, oh no, body positivity. And it's like this almost like toxic positivity thing that I'm just like, yo, if you Mm -hmm. are like gender non-conforming, you might not feel positive about your body today and that's okay. What I want to focus yeah. on is body equality and how mm-hmm. every body is equally deserving of every amount of joy as any other body. Um, so whether you have abilities or disabilities or if you are of certain races or ethnicities or back, like it doesn't matter if you are fat or skinny or anything, like your body is just as worthy of love and attention and joy as any other body. And I just want to focus mm-hmm. on that and not try to be like, you're like, you're not fat, you're healthy or you're strong, or you're big boned or like, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, shut up. Like, let's just not even talk about that part. Like, let's focus on the equality of bodies because we still don't seem to get as at least a country and I'm sure as a general worldwide society that like all bodies are equal. Um, so that's my soapbox. I'm not going to get off of it. So (laughs) I don't, I don't don't think you should let me, let me hold the steps up to it for you. Um, uh, so, okay. This was not in the questions I sent you, but, um, how do you feel about the word fat? I think, okay. So fat is kind of like the word, um, black. In that, uh-huh. like, some people use it in a derogatory form, and other people use it as a purely descriptive form. Like, yeah. is the word skinny 
bad? Is the word tall bad? Is the word short bad? I don't think so. Um, however, the context in which it is used can matter. Like, um, for many years of my life, I hated being called smart, even though I'm pretty damn smart. Mm. Um, but people would use it in a derogatory way to be like, oh, you're smart. And I'm like, yeah. Mm. So like, if people are like, oh, you're fat, like, uh, that's not great. That's not helpful. But if you're just like, this is a fat person and this is a skinny person, like it's a description. It's not meant to be offensive, but the way we use it, like the word itself is maybe not the issue here. It's the way we use it. And, and then, then we have to go down deeper into the psychological premise of why are we using certain words and why do we feel the way we feel about certain words? And, you know, we could be here for 10 hours talking about that if you want. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's so many podcast episodes that we could have about this. Like yeah. <laughs> the meaning that we assign to words, who yeah. gets to assign those, that meaning, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, what is our role in, in maintaining, elevating, amplifying, destroying yeah. that meaning. Absolutely. There's so much um, that goes in, into it. And I, I wanted to ask you about the mm-hmm. word fat because I, I, I feel like so many of the people that I've had the privilege to work with, um, with Sisu in particular, mm-hmm. um, from Jenny Brusso to Suge McDaniel, um, to a, a number of people in, in the industry, um, there is this, um, I would say like this, this movement and this, this reclamation of the word to, to exactly what you just said. That's an adjective. What yeah. is the problem? Yeah, exactly. What is what is the problem? And beyond that, like, um, and that this actually just came up. Um, so for those of, so for our listeners who don't know every Friday on the coalition snow Instagram account, I have the pleasure of posting a photo, um, that contains topless women. It's free the nip Friday. And the, the whole point of it is to, challenge the um, sexist rules of, you know, Instagram and and Facebook that, that basically, you know, men can be topless, women cannot, and it's just a fucking nipple. So anyways, it's a little thing that we, that we've been doing for a while. And um, in, in that there's, there's an opportunity to talk about a whole lot of other things, Mm -hmm. um, including, 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 what it means to be fat. Um, and just last week on a post, somebody in the comments like went to town about there's some like, why, why would you post a photo of people who are so unhealthy? And one of the things that I love about the coalition snow community is that I no longer have to be the first one to respond to bullshit like that. Yeah. Like there are like the, the community comes out and they're like, uh, excuse me. But anyways, this this person kept doubling down. And of, of course, you know, I commented as coalition and we monitor our, our comments really closely. And I ended up having to, um, it's not a block, but it's like a mute where the person can't, the person can't comment anymore, but I wanted to leave their comments up so that they, um, people could see them in all their glory. Mm-hmm. But um, they would not stop with you're posting this photo. These people are fat. That means they're unhealthy. You you're glorifying being fat. And and all of our response to this is like, well, why do you think these people are unhealthy? Yeah. Why? What, what is it like just because someone 
is fat technically like once again adjective Mm -hmm. why do you think they're unhealthy and if there was a photo of skinny women would you think they were healthy because that's that's not even you couldn't even make that statement and who gets who has determined what is healthy and unhealthy and what does that look like and um it's just this like there's so much that goes into these conversations around fat um and we don't like we never spend that much time on it when you see someone who's skinny yeah and they could be the most unhealthy um depressed socially isolated unfunctional dysfunctional person but they get a fucking pass because they're thin yeah totally no it's it's i mean the the thing i try to to think about is like so like there's the o word right obesity which is such a it's so full of shit like nobody like obesity was created by white men and it's not real it's not real like let's just let's just call things what they are like there's being fat which is an adjective there's like health issues which are real but they're not necessarily correlated to each other right Right. like diabetes let's have a war on diabetes not on obesity let's have a war on like i mean i don't don't actually have wars on anything let's not let's not fight um but like let's right. focus on like what are the things that actually make us healthy or unhealthy, right? Like like a huge part of being mm-hmm. healthy is getting enough sleep at night. Why aren't we talking about that? Yeah. Nobody like people are not sleeping well and that is actually contributing no. to like a worldwide health epidemic. Like let's talk about that. Um let's talk about the fact that people don't have the right food, the right nutrition. Like that is an issue. People should not be living in food deserts. People should be living near a grocery store where they can get fresh fruits and vegetables. And like, like people want to eat well. <laughs> so yeah, why don't we give absolutely. them opportunity? So like, yeah. you know, like people want the easy access to obesity and saying, this is, this is the problem. And it's like, whoa, no, no, you are copping out so that you don't have to actually think about the deeper issues here that unfortunately, like we've just been sweeping under the rug the entire time. So we don't have to think about it because that requires critical thinking. Right. Well, and it just, it just continues supremacy. Yeah. Right. So if, if there's, if there's something that's bad and wrong, the opposite of it is good. And, Mm -hmm. and there are a million examples in the United States of how that binary construction has been essential to the formation mm-hmm. of this nation. We've mm-hmm. needed good and bad from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the way that we have, we, I mean, we all say white people, I'm not, a, I don't identify as a man. So like white, white men in particular with right underneath them, white women, that's how they have cisgendered straight um, white men and women, that's how they've maintained power and built power in this country is by creating a binary and ensuring that they were on the good side and everything else was on a bad side. And it's really amazing that here we are in 2021 and we're, we're just beginning to sort of understand um, that at a national level and have this discourse publicly, like um, in, in a, in a way that, that, I'd say like the general public can access it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, but we've, we've created these constructs and um, there are still people who are fucking doubling down on them 
Yeah. Every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to call out a book that I highly recommend people read. And it's called Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. And this book, written by a Black woman, um, it was an incredibly helpful read for me um, being, you know, being in this space um, to recognize the link between fat phobia and racism. And it is a very strong one. And so when people Mm -hmm. are talking about their hatred of fat bodies, what they're really saying is, I'm racist. Um, And, and they don't, they might not realize it because they don't realize the racial origins of that phobia. Um, But it's real and it's there. And, and this is honestly, I think one of the biggest issues facing the outdoor industry is that everybody's like, Oh, we need to, we need to have racial diversity. We need to make this better. Like we get it. But at the same time, they don't want to make inclusive sizing because that's not healthy and they want to promote healthy being. And it's like, Whoa, hold up. If you look at the numbers, right? If you look at the numbers, people of color are larger than white people, just mm-hmm. on a very generalistic scale. And so when mm-hmm. you don't include more sizes, you are inherently not including more racial and ethnic diversity. That is just a sheer fact. So if you want to fix one, you have to address the other. You can't just pick and choose. You've got to do both. Same, same for the people who are like, yeah, we'll add more sizes, but we're still not going to put people of color in our magazines because, you know, I can't find anybody that like really hits my image of what, you know, the star of this brand is. It's like, sorry, yeah. friend, you can't do one or the other. You have to do both. So, yeah. No, it's, it's such a good, such a good point. And I, there's a book that I read this summer that, um, I really loved, um, and it's The Body is Not an Apology by mm-hmm. Sonia Renee Taylor. Have, have you read that one? I haven't read it, but I did get to meet her once. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. And she lives in New Zealand. Or at least she did. She was living in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just what an incredible, incredible, like, presence in the world. I'm so glad she exists, but I haven't read her book yet. I have to do that. <laughs> yeah. It just like yeah. some of the things that she wrote about in her book sound really similar um, to the book that you just mentioned, which give us the title of that book again for people who yeah, want to read it. Absolutely. It's called Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia, and it's written by Sabrina Strings. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Okay, as as we mentioned, we could talk about all of these issues for 50 million years and yeah. there's 50 million podcast episodes that um, could uh, come from this. But mm-hmm. let's let's kind of get get back to you. So like what's next mm-hmm. for you and Alpine Parrot? What what can we all expect um, yeah. in the coming months? Yeah. So 2021 is going to be super fun for Alpine Parrot because we are going to leave the nest and take flight very much intended. Um, So the first thing is on Valentine's Day, um, come hang with us because we're doing something fun uh, for the community. I won't, I'm not going to give any spoilers right now, but definitely come visit us on Instagram at Alpine Parrot um, or on our website, alpineparrot.com and get involved. Um, And then also we've got a Kickstarter coming in um, in the spring 
And um, that's going to be, we're going to put the the Ponderosa pants on sale for the masses. And honestly, my big goal here is I want to be fully funded in the first 48 hours because mm-hmm. I want to prove to this industry that not only do people like need these clothes, but they are so like excited about them that they want them now immediately. Um, and just kind of send a message to the outdoor industry that like, like do not ignore this community because we are here and we have money and we want to, we want to celebrate, uh, brands that actually give a shit. Um, so yeah, that's, those are kind of the two big things. Um, I do intend to, Gosh, I want to expand my sizing even more. So right now our sizes are 14 to 24, um, which covers mm-hmm. a, a good chunk of people who are, you know, not particularly well served um, in the current uh, apparel options. But um, I will be moving, I will be like including more sizes beyond that. Um, my my goal, my aim is to get to size 36 before the end of the year. Um, but these things do take time. And especially in the middle of a pandemic, it is real hard, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it is possible. Um, and then I'm also going to be coming out with, um, be working on some more options, uh, more like apparel options, like shorts and and shirts and things um, in 2022. So like, like we're starting with hiking pants, but we're not stopping there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh no, Raquel, what are you going to do if like other companies start like following your lead and they start making more sizes. Like, aren't you afraid they're going to like eat you for lunch or whatever? And I'm like, you know, the day that like me and all of my friends can walk into REI and any other apparel, like outdoor apparel store, retail store. And like all of us can find clothes that we don't have to, like we get to choose based on color and style and use and not on whether or not it fits. Like that's the day I win. So. I'm cool with that. Like, come on. <laughs> and if there are any brands yeah, I, out there, I, <laughs> there any brands yeah. out there that want help on this, I'm happy to help. Um, and you know, you can just reach out to me, hello at alpineparrot.com. Um, and like I I want to help. I want to like I do not believe that this is a competition of, amongst brands. This is a competition against an industry. So Right. Well, and I I will say when they email you, they should have a budget in their yeah. And they should have a budget. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> oh yeah, girls get a fucking break. Yeah. Uh, just gonna say that. But um, yeah, I mean, I it's it's interesting. Like, you know, I've had people say similar things. Like, well, what happens if other ski brands start making more women skis and yeah. more sizes for women? And I'm like, oh, you mean then we all have more choices? Like men have? I'm sorry. What's the problem with that? Yeah. Also, um, also, no one's like me and no one's like us yeah. and I don't care what brand you are or what like you you cannot you cannot be me or yeah. coalition just like no other brand can be you or Raquel and I feel like that's like such this mm-hmm. big part of building a business and building a brand that people don't recognize that like it goes so far beyond the product and it goes mm-hmm. into your values and your your mission and the way in which you move through this world. And I think that doing, you know, pushing the industry in this way, 
as individ as individuals and as smaller brands, we are far more nimble oh, yeah. than any of the larger brands who have hierarchies of power, um, de departments split across buildings, um, states, nations, country, you know, um, yeah. the world. Um, yeah. They have shareholders, they have, like all these things. We don't we don't have those things. And so mm -hmm. we can just actually get to fucking work every single day. And there is so much freedom in that. And I think that that's why, like, that's why we are able to do mm -hmm. things because we're not afraid to show up in the world as ourselves. Whereas a lot of these bigger brands, they'd have to show up as someone else to yes. be us and they simply cannot fucking do it. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally. And I mean, what does that say, by the way, to people who think that, yeah. right? Like, I mean, like, it's like all companies are the same because all companies are run by white men and they're all really similar. Like, hello, I am not a white man and I am very different. And so like, like, please take your capitalistic expectations of, of like how business should work and um, please throw them in the trash because that is not how I roll, right? Like, yes. Exactly. Am, I, am I building a brand that's going to make money? Absolutely. Because I have to live in this capitalistic society and I need to like mm -hmm. eat and pay rent. Um, yeah. but also like I'm a values driven business. I'm, I focus on community and like enjoy and, and like when, when those things are met, the money will come. I'm not worried about it. Um, as long as I make good products and like, you're absolutely right. Like being able to like, like when I tell companies like, oh yeah, I got to this point in six months or a year. They're like, you what? how did you move so fast? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, the fact that I know how to sew, like I went to a, um, uh, so I was, I was a finalist at the title nine pitch fest this year. And I had to send samples, uh, of my pants, which aren't in production yet. And they were like, these are beautiful. They need to be on, on like the racks right now. And I'm like, I made them <laughs> Literally, last week. <laughs> Last week, I made all of those in my office on my sewing machine. I appreciate that you think so highly of my skill set. Like, I think I'm a shit sewer. I mean, honestly, yeah. by the time you these make are like not 30, production. These, these, are not. <laughs> these are not production ready. Um, but at the same time, like, oh, my God, the, the, the feedback I have gotten from people um, has just been absolutely incredible. Like, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And I know that like, it's hard to trust a new brand. Um, because you know, you're like, especially with like kickstarters and stuff, like how many kickstarters mm -hmm. are you're like, yeah, fund it. And then they're like, just kidding. We don't have any money. Yeah. You get nothing. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I have set everything up so that at least if we hit our goal, everyone will definitely get pants. Um, anybody who goes beyond the goal, like you will get pants. It just might be another few weeks. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, like that is very much top front and center. Like I want people to have a good experience with the brand. Um, but I'm like, so excited, so nervous. <laughs> but, well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And just okay. so that all of our listeners know, um, if, if you, if you follow Coalition Snow, um, either on Instagram, or if you're a member of the clubhouse, um, we'll be sharing out what, Raquel and Alpine Parrot are doing for Valentine's Day and also mm -hmm. the Kickstarter. But Raquel, where can people specifically find Al Alpine Parrot? What's what's your um, IG handle and what's your website? Yeah, so on uh, Instagram 
out at Alpine Parrot. Really simple. And then website alpineparrot.com. Um, definitely like holler. DMs are open. If you have any like questions, um, we've already got the sizing chart up on the website. If you want to like start getting a sense of um, what your size is, if you don't know, you know how to get your size, like how to get your measurements. I've made a video so that you can like, and I like use, it's like a super fun, silly video. Um, and we talk about your juicy bits, um, <laughs> but not those juicy bits, other juicy bits. Um, and, um, yeah, like I just, I, I really want to be supportive and, and just to be clear, like this is for, this brand is for anybody who needs clothing in women's sizes, 14 to 24, um, and eventually beyond that. Um, and like your gender is like a beautiful gift that you choose for yourself. Um, I'm not going to dictate that for you. Um, but I have to say women's sizes just because, you know, our industry, <laughs> the apparel industry is still very, mm-hmm. very broken. And they only put buckets of like mm-hmm. women, men, and children, which is so 1940s. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And so like whatever your background as long as you fit in these pants, you, I want you to buy these pants and I want you to have fun in these pants. Um, and then, you know, beyond and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I cannot, I cannot wait for what 2021 has in store for Alpine Parrot, given that the beginning of 2021 has, um, really just like fucking been a total disaster and a wash. So like, yeah. let's, let's get past January. And um, just once again, you can go follow Alpine Parrot Mm -hmm. on Instagram um, and stay tuned for the Valentine's Day event and the Kickstarter. Raquel, thank you so much for hanging out with me for this last hour. And I can't wait for all the things. Thank you, Jen, so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. And um, honestly, like, Look, it's almost Thursday. It's almost Thursday. And once it comes once we get to Thursday, <laughs> like let's just bring it all the way back yes. around. Like yep. tomorrow's gonna be whatever it is, and then it will be Thursday. And then we will continue on with our year. If there's anything I've learned, it's that even a pandemic can't stop me. So that's it's true. gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Thank All you. right. Well, thanks for being here, listeners. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye.